Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Beekeeping at Five Apple Farm. This is Lee. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who are listening and a super big thank you for the people who take time to either leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because I, I look at that and then also the people who leave recommendations on Facebook. And I have to admit, um, well, as you notice, I'm a few days late in doing the podcast this week. I had a bunch of stuff just going on and some troubles on my mind, <laughs> but I read a review, a, a recommendation actually on the Facebook page from Etienne, who's in Yukon, Canada, and I was just so touched that someone is listening in Yukon, Canada and finding it handy that I thought, okay, I got to pull myself together and get on there and talk to my bee friends. And Etienne wrote, great podcast. I found them by chance a few weeks ago. I keep bees up north in Yukon, Canada. Even though we're worlds apart, the basics are the same everywhere. The best beekeepers get bee biology and understand beekeeping is local, climate, forage, and timing. And Etienne has a website, northof60beekeeping.com. So that just gave me the um, mojo <laughs> to get on here and talk to you because it's been kind of a rough week. Nothing tragic, but just normal life stuff. Um, so thank you to every one of you who take time to leave those. They really do help me get going sometime. Um, last week, I gave a talk at my local bee club on sustainable uh, bee yards with nucleus colonies and backyard queens. And it's really fun to hear how many people um, in my local cl club and also listeners on the podcast are trying out making their own queens and making their own nucleus colonies. This is what I really aspire to share is to give you the um, maybe if not all the exact how-tos, but to give you the idea and kind of point in some general directions to find out what you need to know in order to never have to buy or catch bees again. Now, if you want to buy queens or catch bees, that's all good. In fact, the latter is quite fun, but I just don't want you to have to. I don't want you to lose all your bees and have to. And for me and for a lot of people I know personally and for a lot of the mentors that I follow either in real life or on YouTube, um, th this is the, the key of having bees is to be able to raise your own, not just any bees, but to raise quality queens and um, on a backyard level, and it can be done. In the talk that I gave at the local club, and which I will go over in maybe the next podcast, I'll just go through those notes and talk you through it as if you were there. Now, I'll tell you the story of one of the things that has troubled me this week, and that is I have this wonderful out yard um, on a farm, and it's a farm field that's kind of away from everything. The farmer does not live right there which is nice in terms of that the bees don't pester people because if you've ever had out yards close to people a lot of times you'll get a call and go especially in the fall when the bees get really pesky and they'll go the bees are bothering the people or they're bothering the woofers and you end up having to go move the hives um, and I've actually gotten rid of some yards that I just got those complaints every fall and I didn't want to deal with it anymore but anyway this is a great spot but last night I went over at dusk um, 
because I, I had been worried about this yellow jacket nest that had been made, the yellow jackets had made the nest inside my solar electric fence charger. So it's one of the Parmac solar chargers, which I really like. They seem to be good. They last a good long time. They're not terribly expensive as solar chargers go. And uh, But they have this keyhole cutout in the back of the metal case, and that's so you can hang it on a post. Um, mine has a little stand, so I don't have it on a post. But anyway, so yellow jackets, I think they're yellow jackets, or they're tiny black and yellow wasps, which I should probably look up and see what they are. Um, had made a nest, a quite a large nest apparently, judging from the number of yellow jackets going and coming, inside that box. Well, the complication is I can't even, um, you know, s spray anything. And there's two keyholes, and I was just a little bit worried to run over there and try to stick duct tape on two keyholes, like if I put it on one and they start coming out the other. So I took some wasp spray um, to spray very carefully because this is near my beehives inside this metal box and to get rid of the um, yellow jacket so that was already I was kind of mentally getting prepared for that but as I pull up to this field there is a pickup truck part pulled over on the side of a remote country road just behind the hives now there's a little shrub row and so the hives aren't in the summer are not visible from the road but there's a pickup truck pulled up right behind and there's somebody in the pickup truck. So I drive past to where you go in the field and um, and then drove over to the bee yards with a sense of ownership. And of course, well, not of course, but interestingly, the pickup immediately drives off. So then I just sit there a minute and worry that there was somebody contemplating stealing my hives. I don't think we have a lot of that here in my county yet, but but I read about it on the news. So I was just worried, and now I've got to go kill some yellow jackets while worried. So that had me in a a fluster, and um, I'm kind of hoping that you know maybe they think that that places video surveillance now because I just happened to show up when they happened to be there, and I am actually going to put a game cam if I can figure out a place to put it where it's not obvious so that if somebody does come and steal the hives at least I will have some game cam footage of that but anyway it was upsetting because I was just about to move like about six nucleus colonies that I have here at the home yard over to the out yard um, in order to get them reoriented because I, I, they're actually some of them are coming back here to the home yard but I need to uh, get them well, you know how you have to move hives away from more than two miles and let them get oriented to there in order to move them back uh, just to the other side of um, my farm. So that was troubling. And um, so I'll be going to check on them a little more regularly. But so anyway, I did manage to spray in the little hole of the box uh, with my bee suit, though knowing that wasps and hornets and things can sting through a bee suit. And repeatedly, <laughs> um, Brave Merkel was locked securely in the car, um, but yeah, that was a troubling thing that happened this week. But I will tell you a funny thing. When I was preparing to give the Sustainable Bee Yard talk to my local club, Tocane Beekeepers, I came, the notebook that I was using to write notes also had the notes I had written back this winter on all my grand plans for my bee yard for this season. 
And it was just, I had a really good laugh because I had all these just neat plans of how, you know, I would take X number of hives and, and divide them up in order to, you know, um, get mating nuke population and then I would graft X number of queens and I have and then that meant I would need X number of mating nukes and blah blah blah. It was just hilarious because it totally didn't work that way. <laughs> I mean I think I probably was as productive in making bees but once again um, I did not get around to grafting this year because I had so much success in my opinion with frame-based queen rearing and that is just raising them with cells on the frames. And as I've told you before, one of the keys to getting good quality queens if you're doing frame-based queen rearing is just making sure there's young wax. And if not, making some of those um, OTS on the spot scrapes on the frame. And But mostly using the young wax. And this year I've also been finding that I have quite a few frames now, finally, that are not only young white wax but also completely foundation free and the bees just love to make queen cells on those when you um, take their queen away that they it's interesting they do pick those frames to make a lot of queen cells and because they're foundation free um, you know no wires no plastic no anything they've been pretty easy to cut out the queen cells and distribute those to mating new so I've had enough success with that and some to my eye some good-looking new queens that I just have not gotten around to grafting now I could have grafted but I was completely out of equipment and here's another thing I did just cattywonk this year um, here in my tiny microclimate I did not have a good spring flow at all uh, tulip poplar is my major flow here and there was to not that I can find a drop of tulip poplar in my hives, which has never happened before. And um, they did not have a, a good spring flow on tulip poplar, but they did seem to have enough wildflower, kind of a light, lighter spring honey, to, to keep them going and keep them expanding, but not just like gangbusters like spring usually is. So what happened is I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to get a lot of flow. So I got excited about raising bees and really spread everybody out thin with all the equipment I have. Well they built up well and so now all my equipment is full and I'm pretty much out of drawn comb and here comes sourwood season and it was an unusually robust sourwood season. I usually don't get nearly that much sourwood. Um, next door friends McDowell County they seem to have boy they get a lot of sourwood but um, up here it's kind of a mixed bag and so anyway that blew my mind <laughs> so I was desperately you know ordering more uh, frames and and they were you know they're drawing out comb on the most beautiful sourwood honey but anyway it's it's comb which is actually more valuable to me than sourwood honey so knowing how the year went down and I cannot complain because I've had a lot of good things happen um, and at it's the end of July and I have a lot of good-looking healthy bees to start getting ready for fall um, and I always try to go into winter with more than I need because you know winter it prunes out winter prunes out everybody who's not really strong and there's the good part of that is that tells me who my strong bees are and those are who I'm going to raise 
from. But anyway, it was pretty comical looking at that nicely ordered one, two, three list of how things were going to go and then comparing that to the absolute by the bootstraps out there in the yard sweltering <laughs> and making be decisions on the fly and sometimes those were the right decisions and sometimes I'd come back in the house and go oh I wish I had done that different and I think all of you who've done bees a few years you know exactly what I'm talking about and you beginners if you hang in there and keep your bees alive and raise more bees you too will get to make all kinds of weird on-the-fly decisions and potential screw-ups and potential wins in your yard so it's just more of the fun and games waiting for you in beekeeping so hang in there and beginners no matter what happens to your hi your hives this fall and this winter just hang in there and keep going don't give up so here's some things that I am loving this late July just about to be August one of the things I'm loving is the little quiet box that I made. Um, I made it kind of out of desperation because, as I mentioned before, I had run out of nearly all kinds of equipment. But I had a deep nuke box that someone had given me that didn't have a top or a bottom. And I use all mediums. So the benefit of the deep nuke box is if I've got a big queen cell hanging off the bottom of something, there's still room to drop it in there and not hurt that queen cell. But what I did is took some signboard I may have mentioned this last time but it was just so fun I have to tell you again I took some signboard that I collected at the end of political season for just this purpose and um, cut a, a bottom and a top for it the bottom I stapled on there and then the top I hinged it with a piece of duct tape so it just flipped up and flipped down from the side so I could do it one-handed so I could have a frame in one hand and just flip the lid over and stick a frame in there and then flip the lid back down and the nuke box does have a entrance hole drilled in the front but that's not really a, a problem while I'm using it I could cover that up but the point is not really to keep all the bees in there uh, at least the way I'm using it but I have found it to be so handy uh, for one if you're doing some type of procedure on your hive there's Merkel shaking his bills um, if you're doing some type of procedure on your hive and you run across your queen and you just want to set her aside so that you can just work freely and not worry about hurting her um, it's wonderful to have that quiet box and to stick her over in and then the thing that I'm also using it for a lot is to if I come across in especially in a big booming hive this lovely frame of pollen um, as you know pollen is critical when bees are raiding, raising brood and depending on how dry it is here in the dearth they can actually run short of pollen and so when I um, have a beautiful frame of pollen in a hive that can clearly spare it uh, sometimes I will set that aside and then put that in one of my smaller nucleus colonies that I'm encouraging to build up because I can you know feed that little colony to keep them building even through the dearth but pollen the you know the substitutes are just not as good as the real thing so a good frame of pollen in uh, robin hooded from a big hive into a little hive can be a handy thing let me tell you about that frame robin hooded I got that from a local beekeeper who that's what he would talk about when you were preparing for winter and you wanted to balance out the honey frames and some of your hives might not have as many as others and you wanted to balance out the honey frames he would talk about robin hooding from one hive to another and I like that term because it's it's not robbing it's not taking away it's not stealing it is 
Robin Hooding or taking from the rich and giving to the poor. And so I thought that was a pretty cool term for uh, beekeeping. So I've been loving using my quiet box and it comes in handy. I use it every single time I'm out in the bee yard and I would encourage that. Even, you know, even if you had a leftover cardboard box from when you bought your nuke, hang on to it because it could act as a quiet box. The other thing that I'm loving out in my bee yard is a pollen feeder that my friend Susan made for me. It is um, made out of a, probably about a foot long, six inch piece of PVC one end has a solid cap on it so that it's closed off and the other end has what I'm guessing is like a 45 degree angle pointed down so that it can get rained on and the pollen does not get wet. It is painted bright yellow, thank you Susan, and the bees have loved it. This spring they it was just amazing because it kind of echoes when they're in there getting the pollen so you hear this really loud buzzing, it's pretty fun and it was neat because the the bees were all over it um, before the natural pollen started coming in. And then when the maple pollen and alder pollen and all that started coming in, then they just disappeared. No buzzing from the tube. And it was neat because you could tell exactly when that natural pollen took over. And um, so I got rid of what was left over in there and they haven't needed it through the summer. I've seen good pollen going in. But then when I started seeing signs of the dearth and we had a dry spell and that that combination you could tell that everything was coming to a halt out there was not seeing as much pollen going in on their little saddlebags and so I took some more of the pollen substitute now beginners I'm talking about the powdered pollen substitute not the pollen patties that's a whole different um, thing but the powdered pollen substitute and put it put some more in the tube and sure enough they are they were back on it for a little bit and then now there is a bright orange pollen coming in, just huge saddlebags of bright orange pollen, and they're not so much in their tube anymore. Um, so that's been interesting as a little sentinel device out there to tell when the pollen is coming in. And as I've said before, you know, nukes can be a, a sentinel device, kind of easy to look in there and see if they're bringing in nectar so that you can tell what's going on. Sadly, um, one of the big signals that lets you know what's going on, both the time of the year season and the status of the nectar that has shut off, is the bees are just acting crazy about robbing. I, I really hate this part of the season, and unfortunately, it's kind of uh, from the dearth all the way through. It depends on your flow in your area. Now here, if we can have a good goldenrod flow, and I hope always that we have a good goldenrod flow, that won't be till a little bit later. I'm starting to see a few, few flowers of goldenrod bloom. I don't know if they're on it yet, and I'm, I'm not actually sure what that orange pollen is. I have not figured that out yet, but, um, so in between, in between the, the flows, and in a worst case scenario, if there's not a goldenrod flow, then just here from here all the way to quiet down in winter, they can be really robby. And for beginners, that means that if you expose any part of a hive, like if you take the top off and are looking around in there, and all of a sudden there's this cloud of bees not coming from the inside of that hive, but coming from outside going, hey, I smell something delicious, and could I take it back to my own hive? And they're kind of, they hover around in a particular way that you'll get to recognize. You'll start recognizing, it's like, wait a minute, I have this little entourage around my head. And they're not messing with me, they're looking at this hive. And sometimes, 
uh, they'll start throwing themselves in there. And around here, also, the bumblebees come and throw themselves in the hive. Never works out well. But um, so this robbing season, it is something to be taken very seriously, beginners. And it's one of those things that you can prevent it pretty efficiently. But once it starts, it's a mess. And um, and it, and and a, a small hive or nucleus colony or a weak hive uh, can't always be saved once once the bees from a bubba big bubba colony have have zeroed in on this is a weak hive and I'll tell you they I guess there's some type of chemical signature for a hive that's queenless or a hive that is struggling because boy they zero in on them um, and 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 also if you for whatever reason separate uh, a box out that doesn't have a queen in it it's fascinating it only takes a few minutes before the robbers just zero in um, on that box so what I do in the yard right now of course I just try to avoid anything unnecessary but it's also the time of year that you have to be looking at the health of your brood pattern to know um, what's going on health-wise you to do mite counts um, because your results uh, whether measured in the health of the brood pattern or the number of mites is going to reflect what happens this winter so it's all that is to be taken seriously and to be addressed aggressively and now in whatever manner that you you do so but back to the robbing one of the main uh, tools to prevent robbing is a robbing screen now I have friends who have these very neat yards and they've purchased robbing screens for every one of their hives and it's very neat and, and pretty I'm a little bit more by the bootstraps than that um, so I just use a bent piece of hardware cloth and how to do that I'm going to put the link a link of a picture of very similar to the bent hardware cloth that I use and this is of course the little number eight hardware cloth that a bee can't go through and then also I'm going to send put on the Facebook page and in the show notes a link that was very helpfully shared by uh, Jeff over in Alamance County. He is a real friend of the podcast sharing resources that I can then share with you and he shared a video by Kevin England who's the um, actually it's by his friend Bob but Kevin and Bob do this little video it's called a gadget garage video for the uh, North um New Jersey Beekeeping Club and he shows you how to make a very elegant nice little uh, robbing screen and these are the kind that Jeff has on his very neat and beautiful yard for those of us that are just not that together <laughs> if you have a roll of number eight hardware cloth and this is a great uh, present to give to a beekeeper and I swear it'd be a great door prize to have at your beekeeping club and that would just be chunks of number eight hardware cloth because you can make so many things about them with them sorry and so what I do is I do the little Z fold maneuver and it allows full ventilation of the hive and then the entrances are on the little outer corners and it works because robbers zero in by the smell and then the one that Jeff shared has an additional extra nice feature in that you can attach it to the hive and even make a little shim to make it to where you can close it off if you need to move your bees but then maintaining that ventilation so it is a very nice one so robbing is something to really take seriously um, I, I, ne I don't have any hives with full open entrances right now now mostly I use screen bottom boards so that 
takes care of the ventilation from the bottom part of the hive. And uh, if on the very few solid bottom boards that I happen to have, then I use these uh, screen covers so that they maintain that air inflow from the full entrance. Now on little nucleus colonies, it is even more important because they are just sitting ducks for big aggressive hives to go in and steal them their honey and also they kill the bees and can kill the queen and um, in in my experience that's last year I had a lot of I lost a lot of very small nucleus colonies because I didn't catch quick enough that they weren't being completely robbed out all in one fell swoop but they were just being pestered so that they could not build up well and that was my fault that was beekeeper error and this year I'm much more on it all of my nucleus colonies have robber guards on them now you if you're waiting for a queen to come back you just want to reduce that entrance down tiny but but a robber guard is a mixed blessing because a lot of times that queen can't find her way back in and you'll have poor queen return so that's the the mixed thing but if there's if you're if the queen's already back and made it an end then you can do a very reduced entrance like a you know two one to two b entrance of course, account for ventilation and some other type of screened opening in your nucleus colony, and then put some type of uh, robber screen on that. And it so far has worked well. So I'm going to start wrapping this up here. This is a sort of uh, placeholder podcast for hopefully soon when I can get more organized content to share with you. I will tell you what I'm doing with a lot of my spare time, which there's not really any spare time this time of year, which is part of the problem. But I am trying to prepare for my first run at the journeyman test, the North Carolina journeyman test, which happens next month and not getting a lot of study time done. So it really might be a practice run. But I have to put, give it out to Kevin England on his uh, Beekeeper's Corner podcast, which I just love. And he has a new episode out. I'm so excited. He he has been on hiatus for a minute, and uh, I can't wait to listen to his next one. But back, I think, last year, he was preparing for the New Jersey Master Beekeeper exam. And his first run, he missed it by like one question. And I'll never forget, because I saw the podcast title come across, and the title was trough of disillusionment and I thought that was just the best ever and I had a bad feeling when I saw it of what it was and I'm afraid so if you see the podcast title after I try that test um, which is like the middle of August and if it says trough of disillusionment you will know it didn't go well but actually I don't think I know right away I don't think they tell you right away so it might be a minute before you get the trough of disillusionment podcast but I'm keeping my fingers crossed and I'm going to try to get some studying in between now and then have a wonderful week I am cheering each and every one of you on in one of the less enjoyable seasons of beekeeping I mean it's fun in that you're probably hopefully pulling off honey new beekeepers probably not you Um, probably your bees need all that honey and also you may have fed so that's not really honey but um for you more experienced beekeepers you're pulling off honey you're putting it in jars and people are banging on your door trying to get honey from you so it's that's kind of fun but I'm cheering you all on have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you soon